Here are four principles for living like an American. Protect freedom. Take responsibility at all times. Express gratitude for every gift and opportunity. Become a source of love. Once again, these are the times that try our souls. We must find the strength and the courage to rise up to re-found America in the spirit of liberty. terrific session for you today. I'm just going to tell you without saying who it is that this is one of the most cutting edge people in the health movement today. So this this is going to be new stuff for me, new stuff for you. Um, and glad to be here with you. You're on Refounding America, Reclaiming Ourselves. We've got to do both. We must refound this country. We've got to retake the government or we are over into an abyss that humanity will be climbing out of for a thousand years. So folks, we've got to do it. We've got to get so many people voting, so many people out in the streets protesting. No, just standing there and being together and letting the country see there are millions of us. We've got to do that. You're on Brighty on TV with me. We're on Roku. It's real TV. And if you're listening on the radio, the origin is coming through PRN.live. Looking forward to this one a lot. Well, here I am again. You wonderful folks out there is uh, going to wish you ahead of time a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. And um, you can go ahead a week and Happy New Year. It's a season to love each other for sure, for sure. You're looking at L Elizabeth Lee Valite, Dr. Valite. She's a physician. She's a dear friend of mine. Um, she uh, <clears throat> is the uh, originator and the, the head of truthforhealth.org. She's going to tell you about some of the projects she's doing. They are on the cutting edge. You're going to get new information. She's a, a freedom fighter of uh, extraordinary strength. I really mean that, Lee. You're just so strong. Um, and I know you must get overwhelmed like all of us, but you are doing such a great job there. And she's an amazing physician as well. She does preventive health. Um, in Arizona, and um, the um, I actually have family members that work long distance with Lee, so that I don't have to give you any further <laughs> any yeah. further okay than that. Um, she's really worth talking about um, improving your overall health, men and women, <clears throat> and she's a very attuned to the entire subject of. Um, uh, hormone therapy. Um, there's so much else to say about her. I'll, I'll mention one thing. Um, you know, writing the book, writing our book, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey, was a very extraordinary stress for us, me and Ginger. We had so, so much to learn, so much work to do. 
And uh, when the final manuscript was more or less done, <clears throat> it was pretty raggedy, not as good as my usual manuscripts. And this woman took on, I think by the time she was through, she probably read a thousand <laughs> pages of these 650 final pages <laughs> and did a lot of editing and a lot of thinking and a lot of help. And I'm just forever grateful for that, uh, Lee. So welcome Thank aboard. You. My gosh, it's good to be, be with you. Um, what would you like to talk about today to start with? You have so many projects going on. I mean, you're going to teach us about the whole vaccine business and the army. You've been going along looking at that data. You've been, you support, uh, um, help out soldiers in trouble and give them advice and direction and help them find lawyers. And I gather you sometimes, you know, you have the ability to sometimes uh, give them some financial help. There's so many different things you do. Um, you've been saving lives in the hospitals of this country, which are killing people. So where would you like to start? Well, thank you so much, Dr. Bregan. It's always a pleasure to be with you, to work with you and your incredible researcher wife, Ginger, who, who has absolutely been a godsend to all of us in the things that she's researched and found mm -hmm. in all the documents yeah. because it was it was interesting working with you and Ginger in the process of editing and honing and giving you uh, suggestions for the book COVID-19 and the Global Predators because these were things that I'd been seeing over many years evolving in the field of medicine and in the mm -hmm. way in which medicine was overtaken by big business, big pharma, the business of medicine, intrusion into the patient-physician relationship, the government intrusion, and the way in which we were slowly eroding quality oversight and the way in which, yeah. in fact, I would say that long before COVID hit, we were seeing highly politicized decisions coming out of both the FDA and the CDC and NIH. Actually, Truth for Health Foundation was started in 2007 for a what was at the time a war on hormone therapy for women to protect the research interest yeah. of the NIH for statin therapy. And, and there, there was an orchestrated attempt and they were quite successful. We lost over 100,000 women, according to Dr. Uh, Sorrell at Yale in doing the analysis of women who died prevent, preventable deaths because the media terrorized them about estrogen therapy. And that, that was the prodrome for what we saw with hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. And so that was actually the genesis of Truth For Health Foundation. And then I reactivated it in 2021 for this fight. And we have been, I really want your listeners to understand the difference between Truth For Health Foundation and many other charities. We are a broad, public charity, human rights organization that is faith-based, but we also are operating on many fronts. 
we have legal defense programs, we have hospital, we have a COVID care strategy team doing hospital rescues of people who are trapped in hospitals without advocates to their loved ones, their power of attorney, not getting medication help. And we actually have developed several citizen action tools, the Citizens Vaccine Injury Reporting System, the Early Treatment Guide for COVID at Home. We organize treatment at home for people to help keep them out of the hospital. We have the fact sheet on steps to take to avoid hospitalization and save your life. We have, we are doing a legal symposium, different areas of law with highly experienced and, and dedicated attorneys speaking on different legal topics, strategies to fight medical freedom. We have the Sentinel event reporting system project that is encouraging citizens to file joint commission complaints against the hospitals where their loved ones have been harmed or died. And we have the Citizens Vaccine Injury Reporting System, the Vaccine Injury Treatment Guide, and all of these are designed to be user-friendly, layman's language, a how-to roadmap to recovery. And every week we have the Faith Over Fear seminar series, giving people practical tools to combat the pandemic of fear. and emphasize building psychological, spiritual, and physical strength and resilience. And then we also have the whistleblower report five days a week on America Out Loud Talk Radio, along with Dr. McCullough and the McCullough Report and the Bregans and the Bregan show there. And we have daily whistleblower reports, vaccine report, medical freedom report, legal report, military report, and pediatrics report, so and the faith report, looking at all the ways that every institution in our country has been sabotaged and corrupted with the Marxist ideology and totalitarian government is God instead of the way our founders viewed our country. Talk about refounding America. And then Truth for Health, the rest of the story is my radio show on Saturdays that is what the media isn't telling you. And we have whistleblowers coming forward on multiple fronts. We've just signed letters of engagement with a major law firm that is working with us on taking two wrongful death hospital cases forward. The foundation, thanks to the generosity of our donors, is funding these lawsuits. And we are helping to provide the medical expertise, working with the legal team, one in Maryland, one in Wisconsin, and then we have two federal court cases on behalf of the military service members, one in, uh, we're re rethinking the jurisdiction, it's probably going to be Texas and the other one in California. So the foundation has been very active on actual legal defense front with individual grants to military service members because you know, Dr. Bregan, most people don't realize that our service members are much more vulnerable than civilians. Civilians can leave a job if they don't want to get the vaccine. I realize that's a difficult choice, but they have that choice to leave. Military service members can be prosecuted, court-martialed, and even imprisoned if they say, I'm going, to, I'm not going to get the shot. And what we've seen is over 
10,000 military service members already discharged with no due process and infringement on all of their constitutional and human rights simply because they exercised their legal right under military law, constitutional law, medical freedom, Nuremberg Code, and every other medical ethics that's ever existed to Mm -hmm. refuse an experimental treatment. So we are really, we made this a priority thanks to our donors who have designated gifts to the Legal Defense Fund. We actually have made the military defending them a priority of this foundation because there are other resources for people who are civilians and they have other choices. The military has been terribly abused and the stories on our whistleblower reports will just are heartbreaking to listen to what's been done to them and with the cruelty towards our volunteer service members by their leadership that I've never seen in my lifetime. So that's a quick rundown of our many fronts of, of action steps. We are not just out there talking about it. We're actually in the trenches fighting for the human rights of military and civilian Americans who have been so trampled upon by this lawless government and our weaponized federal agencies and big tech turning against America and the way in which big media has been corrupted. So we're not pulling any punches. You know, we launched our first Stop the Shot campaign in July 2021 when almost no one was willing to stand up and Mm -hmm. call it out. And you may have even spoken at one of the, we did three press conferences on Stop the Shot in August of 2021. And others, in fact, we got our, um, some of our material censored big time because we had the Stop the Shot banner graphic with the doctor holding up his hand saying, Stop the Shot. But it was really critical that we take the lead on these areas of defending God's gift of life and God's gift of freedom. Life doesn't come from the government, although they're trying to create life and alter life and alter God's design with these genetic shots and other things they're doing in our food supply and atmosphere and other and the EMF radiation and all of that. But this is this is this is a hill to die on. This is our red line in the sand. And we're going 24 seven, literally seven days a week on all of these initiatives. Wow. And I mean, you've told me you you don't even take any salary for the work. I don't. I have not. In contrast to others who see a foundation bank account as a personal checkbook, I take no compensation from the foundation because ethically, I wanted our donor money to go to help the people for whom they gave the money. I will earn my living through my medical practice. Granted, it's very part-time right now because 90% of my time is spent on the foundation. But I will earn my living through my own direct work product and my time and expertise spent with patients. I do not want to take donor money for my leadership of this foundation. That's my commitment. Perhaps we could call it a version of tithing 
because I feel like it's so important that I answer to God's call to defend his gifts as I am led to do at his calling. I don't answer to the government. I don't answer to politicians and I don't answer to bureaucrats. I answer to God and my patients first. You know, our lifestyles are very similar, you and and, uh, me and Ginger, because we've never uh, gotten even grants or anything uh, for our benefit. Um, And we probably have worked in the 40 years together, I mean, at least half a week (laughs) on on the things in the world that we think we need to address because nobody else is doing it. And that way our thinking is very similar. Yes. We're both uh, very God-based. We, the three of us, you know, we all believe that we're uh, supposed to do what we're doing. I really think I know your early career because I read your your book, Talking Back to Prozac, and early in my career, and and I I feel very strongly that you and I and Ginger are the threads, the tapestry of our life and career, our career experiences, Mm -hmm. our life experiences, my own genetic makeup, because I actually am descended from a man, Thomas Gray, who landed at Jamestown in 1608. He was (laughs) one of only 50 who survived the socialist experiment at Jamestown that led to the starving times of 1609 to 1611. If he then, and he came seeking religious liberty from persecution in England. If he had not survived, literally, I would not be here today over 400 years later. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty, that, that's pretty yeah. amazing. And you when know, we, <laughs> Ginger's family goes back to Mayflower. Yes. She can track them way, way back. I, I think it's the Mayflower she actually goes back to and came over from Scotland. Wonderful. Um, well, and I think that so that's literally in our DNA, the the commitment to individual liberty, because the DNA of those settlers who came when they faced total unknown and brutal conditions. I mean, just crossing the Atlantic for three months on a little tiny sailboat, a ship that was smaller than many people have as sailboats for recreation. <laughs> and and to think about their brutal conditions to even get here and what and the, and to have nothing when they arrived except what they could do it, it's 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 truly stunning to think about that's the dna that's been passed down to us and and i think that's part of because that's the core of who i am well that's wonderful you know i never think that way i never think about uh the DNA, other than being Jewish and belonging to the to the line of uh, going of the of the biblical folks, I I, right. I feel a part of that. That's really interesting. Well, that's important. That's that's all mm-hmm. part of your the DNA that represents yeah. your genetic heritage, which helps to shape who we are. Yeah, I think for definitely for me and Ginger. Um, how are you doing? Do you find as we have basically found that uh, that it's been um, a worth living life these last few years, that as hot, difficult as it's been at times and uh, as stressful at times, to be able to share with people at this time of year, I think is important that 
that we really have prospered spiritually. Um, do you feel that way about yourself? Oh, no question. I think my faith has grown exponentially. Spiritual strength is mm -hmm. and resilience is actually the cornerstone. It's the foundation of the pyramid that helps me function and continue. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, I didn't plan to work seven days a week at this stage <laughs> of my life. Um, and I was coming out of some personal difficult losses in 2019 that mm -hmm. made it profoundly difficult for me to even think about why am I even still here? And by March, February, March of 2020, I began to have an inkling of why I was still here. And, and literally, <laughs> I've been going nonstop, and yet there is an energy that comes. I feel it, I, I will describe it in that it's a sense of when people say, how do you do all you're doing? I go back to the scripture that says in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, and I sincerely have come to mean that in a way that is more profoundly true than at any time in my life and career, that I'm very conscious of that. I could not be doing all I'm doing in and leading and have without the strength that comes from it being God's purpose and praying for discernment, praying for the strength praying for the Holy Spirit to guide our programs. All of our seminars are started off with prayer. Most of our meetings for the foundation, we start and end in prayer and ask for God to guide us to do the right thing, to bring the messages that people need to hear. And, you know, yes, of course, there are days I get tired, but not as often as one would think working seven days a week, long days. Now, I take Sunday mornings for prayer time and devotional time. And I there are several um, online churches that I find very meaningful to listen to a very biblical-based message. I've been very dismayed and disheartened by the influence of politics in most mainstream churches. Progressive I, politics, I think you mean. Well, yes, both both progressive and and actually it's liberation theology, which is Marxist. Marxist, um, yeah. Goes back to the 70s revolution in South America and Argentina when the yeah. Marxists really co-opted a lot that was going on in the Jesuit teachings. And that became known in the mainstream Protestant churches I was raised Presbyterian, and it became known as social justice movement. But but when you really dig into the underpinnings of it, it is Marxist ideology. That is the antithesis of biblical Judeo-Christian values, Old yeah. and New Testament. And so I've I've actually we've been actually doing Bible study series as part of our Faith Over Fear, along with the medical programs 
and along with the programs on electromagnetic radiation and vaccine complications and how you treat COVID and how you do homesteading to prepare healthy food and get away from genetic modified <laughs> food. So our Faith Over Fear seminars that started in May have, have run the gamut from legal strategies to uh, how you make kefir and how you water glass eggs to <laughs> how you're looking at biblical prophecy and how it fits for today. So it's really quite eclectic. Those of you that haven't checked out our seminars, yeah, really this, ought to take this, a listen to them. <laughs> this is a good place to take a breather because we've running out of time on our first segment. When we come back, maybe, maybe we should talk more about spiritual life. Um, let's see how we feel when we come back. This is Peter Bregan and Elizabeth Lee Valit, MD, marvelous physician, marvelous freedom fighter, great organizer, the uh, head of uh, truthforhealth.org, on, on which I am a advisory council member with Ginger. Yes. The twofer, we go together. And um, we were talking briefly about um, this being the season of uh, spirituality, which actually and truly and I both think is actually what you do every single day. Um, and that's a part of why um, we're doing as well as we're doing for sure. It's the base of the pyramid. It's probably the apex too. Um, you had mentioned uh, Lee, uh, Dr. Lee maybe talking about um, a uh, connection between your work with the Oath Keepers um, and, uh, and spirituality. Um, wherever you want to pick up for the second session here. Well, I th we just did a major webinar and press conference on a new initiative that the foundation is supporting, the Oath Breakers Project, and that was started by a businessman who saw the damage happening in the military and it began and the violation of the oath to the constitution that has been taken by every military officer and too many of the those in command positions have violated their oath in many ways in the persecution of the troops and yeah. in the enforcement of the unlawful vaccine mandates when we when we joined forces with the businessman who started that project, and it is theoathbreakers.org, we wanted to. Now, I'm, let me, let me, I'm a little confused because I think of it as Oath Keepers. They're two different organizations. Okay. Oath Keepers began after Katrina, and that was when several military people and lawyers saw that the U.S. military and National Guard were being forced to take punitive action against U.S. citizens on U.S. soil um, by the government direction, and they rejected that. So they started the Oath Keepers mm -hmm. organization at the time of Katrina, which of course would have been in the early 2000s. And actually, civilians, military, law enforcement, doctors, Anyone can sign up on the Oath Keepers website. The Oath Breakers is a new project that is focused on military physicians, lawyers, pastors, 
government officials, anyone who is violating their oath to mm. the U.S. Constitution, <clears throat> their oath of office. And mm. that includes, as we know, our founders were devout men of faith. We are founded on Judeo-Christian principles, and we are one nation under God. So in a sense, you can't take an oath to the U.S. Constitution and one nation under God unless you have a sense of connection with our creator from whom our natural rights of life and liberty come. So they're not government's gifts. So therefore, I see that the Oath Breakers Project is showcasing factually those people in all of these fields of endeavor that are violating their oath. I mean, look at the pastors that are preaching political messages from the pulpit that are the antithesis of the Old Testament and the New Testament that are preaching what the government is telling them is the agenda. I mean, we had a mega church pastor in Dallas get up in the pulpit and describe these COVID shots as something that every Christian should do as mm -hmm. if it were a biblical commandment. This is an experimental gene therapy agent that is interfering with God's design of the human body. So how is that biblical? It's not. And, and so we are calling out the oath breakers. And then there's a separate section of honoring those who are keeping their oath. We have several, a, a number of courageous military whistleblowers who have risked their livelihoods and careers to stand for the truth about what these COVID shots are, about the fact that masks and test kits are not FDA approved. They cannot lawfully be mandated anywhere for anyone, military or civilian. And so that Oathbreakers project was started by people who were deep in their faith in their commitment to God's commandments, in their commitment to the founding principles of this country that are based on Old and New Testament biblical principles. Every single one of the principles in our founding documents evolves from biblical teachings, either in the Old or New Testament or both. And so spirituality is one's connection with our creator. Religion is an organized man-made institution. There are plenty of people who are religious who are not very spiritual. And there are many people who are deeply spiritual and are not particularly religious. I've had a number of people say to me, well, I'm not very religious. But then the more that we talk, it turns out that their faith in God and something bigger than themselves is exactly what's motivating them to work pro bono, to do all of this stand up right. with courage for all this fight. <clears throat> that, that is your spiritual self, your soul connection with the creator, the divine, God. People use different terms. But it, it means this is who we are. We were created to be mind, 
body and spirit and soul. Our soul is connected with God. And if you look at a Venn diagram, that's one of the ones I did for our Faith Over Fear seminar. The mind, body, and spirit intersect at the center in our soul connection to our creator. So when, we, when you are standing up in courage to defend your oath that you took, I swear, on a Bible, they all take an oath on a Bible. And at mm -hmm. the end, it says, so help me God. Well, if you are not keeping that oath, you are mocking God. You are dishonoring your commitment and to the people that you serve. And we felt that needed to be exposed in a factual way. This is not, these are not attacks. It simply lists. These are the violations. People can go to theoathbreakers.org and look at how they are presented. And if you have examples in your community of oath breakers, whether they are physicians who refuse early treatment or deny patients their rights to have an FDA approved drug like hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin given in the hospital, you can put them up on the website. You Pastors who are pushing a government agenda as opposed to God's agenda. Lawyers that aren't standing up for the fight. Politicians that violate their oath, like we see in Arizona with the Maricopa County certifying election that was clearly fraudulent, that was clearly documented. And they certified it anyway. They need to be recalled. They violated their oath. So all of these things I think are critically important and I think it is part of our spiritual strength that helps us take a stand on these very issues. One of the things that uh, has become clearer and clearer to me is I've been doing more study on the um, the uh, global predators whom we I now am in dividing up into the um, Eastern and Western empires as you saw yes. from the my latest uh, article in America Out Loud, and I talk about there's the Eastern that's dominated really by one man and his uh, his party, that's uh, Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party, all the things they're doing around the world, they're creating an empire, folks. And then the uh, Western Empire, which is um, you know, made up of uh, the usual villains, the top tech companies, the banking system, the... Um, Really, really, it's our whole educational system. It's uh, right now, it's the whole progressive party and um, much corruption that ties them together. And they tie together through also the UN and the World Health Organization. So they, they tie together, but they're, they're quite separate as well. And looking at what's in common between them that is so different from how we freedom fighters think, one of the things that struck me right away, and it's so odd that it was just hard for me to understand how anybody would say it, but they are against individualism, not just individual freedom, um, but individualism. And I've begun to look more at the, that that's, that is the idea that they see as opposing collectivism. On the one hand, you have the individual, 
who has a central life that he or she is living. On the other hand, you have the collective, and they always want to address the collective, but you can be sure that they believe in their own individualism. They just don't believe in ours, which is because uh, no no one functions. You know, you can't function if you don't believe in yourself as an individual. So they want to be us to be relatively non-functional and to, to be in charge. And taking it back to the Bible, um, in both the Old and the New Testament, it's so clear, as, as you were saying, Dr. Valit, that the, uh, the Judeo-Christian tradition, in a very big way, says that it's all about you as a separate individual, your morality, your conduct, your ideas in relationship to God. And if we have a relationship that is personal, that is private, that we address in our own ways, as, as Dr. Lee was saying, then then there's the collective loses all meaning. It becomes um, chimerical. It becomes man-made. There is no such thing as the collective. It's individuals. If there was a collective, then the collective would relate to God and God would orchestrate the collective. And that is not what we find in uh, the Bible in any place. It's uh, it's more about people getting together to um, disobey God. <laughs> but the obedience, the understanding, the spirituality is very individual. Does that make sense to you? Does that fit with your with your own thinking? Oh, absolutely. And and I think the the collective approach is that individuals are to be sacrificed for the greater good that as defined by an elite person or group of persons who want exactly as you said their own individually their own individuality their own wealth their own power and their control over the rest of us it's all it's all about that in fact If you look at what happened in the COVID pandemic in our hospitals, this is an evolution of Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel's complete live system that he wrote in 1999 and 2009 published papers that the collective good is how we should decide medical resources, that we should do away with the oath of Hippocrates, focus physicians focus on individual patients and focus on what is good for society as defined by those in power. And that was the basis. He was the architect of Obamacare, which a lot of people don't remember today. Well, he he's also the same person who's in the shadow government under the Biden-Obama administration that is calling the shots on the COVID protocol. So the COVID death protocol in hospitals, which is COVID diagnosis, use remdesivir, restrict fluids, restrict food, kill the kidneys with remdesivir, and then toxic lung damage from remdesivir and high flow, high pressure, long duration, 100% oxygen. They, they, are, they know that the steps they're taking are killing people and they keep doing it. And Ezekiel Emanuel, who was influenced by the Liverpool Protocol, which was rapid euthanizing people in the NHS, elderly people, basically 
killing them. Euthanasia is the polite word for deliberate killing. Yeah. And so the Liverpool Protocol began in the 90s in England, and they were using it to eliminate elderly people and unburden the National Health Service, which is government-controlled medicine. Then we see Ezekiel Emanuel pushing that in this country, and then he was in power <clears throat> to oversee the development of Obamacare, which has been rationing care for the elderly. They cut Medicare dramatically when Obamacare was first passed and rolled out. And then we see the COVID death protocol, same players in the background, same philosophy. That's a specific example that people can relate to now about how focus on the collective means you don't get to decide about your life and whether you live or die. Yeah, whether you have any value. Well, exactly right. Whether your I, life has the, any meaning. Yeah. And the, the horrific, cruel things that me and my team have personally heard in being conferenced in on phone calls with patients trapped in the hospital and what doctors and nurses have said to them, what family members report, the recordings of video and audio recordings of what is said about patients, the abusive treatment of patients in America's hospitals is shocking and it's shameful. And it's a and the one case that we're, the foundation is taking forward and funding and engaged the law firm that is leading the fight is a situation where it was under the banner of a church institution. It was a health system under the banner of the church. They violated the regulations that are required for the church. They violated state statutes and they violated medical ethics and they violated the right to life and euthanized a disabled patient who was only 19 years old. And we'll, oh we'll be talking more about that in the months to come when the law, when mm -hmm. the actions are actually filed. But my point is, and we have whistleblowers that are supporting what was done and why and what the directions from the health system were. So it's, it's people don't realize, and that's why so much of our work to help people stay healthy and out of the hospital is critical because people don't realize that our hospitals are turning against us. And particularly if you're unvaccinated, the hostility towards unvaccinated patients is staggering. And it is, it is really mean, cruel, and abusive yeah. toward patients. And people will ask, well, how can doctors and nurses do that? Well, remember that the hospitals mandated the COVID shot for all employees, all healthcare workers. So the people who are remaining in our hospitals on the staff are those who were forced to submit to an unlawful mandate and who probably psychologically, you can speak to this, are identifying with their oppressors and buying into the narrative. Yeah. It, I think we used to call it Stockholm Syndrome, but it's very similar. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, we, we're looking at a world now that's basically in shock from all the abuses under COVID-19. 
And to a great extent, folks, um, we just we were we were under and still are two planned assaults. The first assault was to unleash. Don't we still don't know if that moment in time was chosen, but I don't know. But after the release from the Wuhan Institute or some other institute in Wuhan, then the the Institute of Virology, there's several there that could have done it. After its release, it was purposely spread throughout the world in a collaborative method that we now know involved Fauci, involved the head of NIH, it involved uh, the World Health Organization, it involved the Wuhan Institute, and lots of other people, a purposely malevolent act. This is very hard to come to grips with. and. Um, Especially if you're trying to approach life without thinking about evil, good and evil, if you're trying to be very secular and you're trying to be very relativistic, it's very hard to look at the reality of people conspiring to do evil. But it is a tremendous reality in our world today. And the first strike was putting out the uh, virus, spreading it everywhere, I think they thought it was going to be much, much more damaging than it was. The second was to use it in order to justify vaccines. So the second weapon then is the spike protein and the uh, vaccinations uh, using basically the same weapon, but pumped up in many ways. And we may end up to see far more damage from the vaccines than even from the original COVID when it was untreated or improperly treated. So it's a massive look at evil. It helps to believe that there is an essential goodness in people, essential goodness in the world. It's good to believe in a loving God in the face of all of this misery that people have really since very early on, since civilization got going. Lee, we've got literally 55 seconds. Say goodbye for us. <laughs> Thank you for having me. A very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy New Year to all our listeners. If you're in the mood to give a year-end gift, please support Truth for Health Foundation. Yes. In our, particularly our legal defense designated program, we welcome your support and we are using it wisely. So thank you, Dr. Bragan. Thank you, Ginger Bragan, for all of your hard work and onward in the fight into 2023. And we are doing it and um, we're going to have a new book out in 2023. And it's going to be a very enlightening look at what's going on in the world today. And this first time I've mentioned it on the air. God bless us 